Today is Thursday, December 22nd, and in the news we have Zelensky addresses Congress, ends with an awkward kiss to Speaker Pelosi. Carrie Lake's lawsuit is now happening, and we have some updates on that. And the FBI says conspiracies are hurting the organization. And I will be talking about uh, specifically a segment that Tucker Carlson did on Fox News talking about JFK. Uh, this is Informed Daily. I am your host, Anthony Cabasa, and let's jump into that first article. So uh, for those of you who probably didn't watch uh, last night's address to Congress by President Zelensky, uh, uh, he basically, he, uh, one thing I, I will say is I did like that he kept saying Merry Christmas to everyone. Um, everyone knows it's Merry Christmas around here. It's not the happy holidays, it's just Merry Christmas. That's the way it should be. Uh, no, but this is uh, AP News. It says Zelensky, um, so Zelensky thinks every American and sees a turning point in the war. And then this is, of course, President Zelensky. You have the Speaker of the House, Pelosi, behind him and uh, uh, for, uh, first female Vice President Kamala Harris. La Kemala. That's what they call it. Have you ever heard that sound? People call her the Kemala. <laughs> He's, he said 100 uh, percent. So this is uh, Washington. Ukraine's Volodymyr Zelensky uh, told cheering U.S. legislators during a defiant wartime visit to the nation's capital on Wednesday that against all odds, his country still stands thanking Americans for helping to fund the war effort with money that is, quote, not charity, but an investment in global security and democracy. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. The whirlwind stop in Washington. Uh, his first known trip outside his country since Russia invaded in February was a aimed at reinvigorating support for his country in the U.S. and around the world at a time where uh, there is concern that allies are growing weary of the costly, costly war and its disruption to global food and energy supplies. Zelensky called the tens of billions of dollars in U.S. military and economic assistance provided over the past year vital to Ukraine's effort to beat back Russia and appealed for even more in the future. Quote, your money is not charity. He sought to reassure both those in the room and those watching at home. It's an investment in the global security and democracy that we handle in the most responsible way. Um, I don't know who wrote this guy's speech, um, but I think that poor choice of words. When, when, when you have Americans that are trying to fight global elitism or globalism, I don't know if it is reassuring and saying things like, Make be a rest assured that this is not charity, but an investment in global security and democracy. Mm. Not so much into that global democracy, but I think that uh, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't know what's going on here in America. He doesn't know that we don't say take kind to uh, statements like global security and global democracy and global world order, etc. But. Uh, this is, uh, it says, uh, just before his arrival, the U.S. announced a new $1.8 military aid package, including for the first time Patriot surface to air missiles, and Congress planned to vote this week on a fresh spending package that includes $45 billion, which, by the by, if you're not aware, that actually passed today with, bi with resounding bipartisan support. Uh, Republicans helped pass that 1.7, almost $1.7 trillion package, um, uh, omnibus bill uh, in order so that the government can stay uh, not for or what is it like shut down or whatever it is and um that passed today it's expected to go over to congress it is expected to be signed of course and and within that 1.7 trillion about 45 billion of that was promised to ukraine so 
this is here. Um, uh, and this is, you know, it, this was at the very end. I'm going to pause this real quick, but this was at the very end of last night uh, where he was, President Zelensky was handing over a, a Ukrainian flag. And I believe, I'm not sure who he said signed the flag, uh, but he handed it over to Speaker uh, Pelosi and Vice President uh, Harris. And it kind of became like an awkward situation. I, I think what Nancy Pelosi was trying to do was give President Zelensky her hand so he can maybe kiss it. But I guess he misinterpreted that and thought that she, he want, she wanted like a real, I don't know. I'm going to play the video for you guys. Again, this is right after the speech was almost over and uh, or was over and he hands the flag over and then goes into an awkward moment. Oh, oh, oh. Very awkward. So again, oh, just, so, okay. <laughs> I'm going to break this down a little bit. So he's handing the flag over. Like, I think he like try to see like, okay, who's going to take it? And Kamala Harris is like, I'm not taking that. And then, and then, so, so. Speaker Pelosi reaches out and, and with both hands is, is grabbing the flag. And then, okay, this is where the awkwardness begins. So he hands her the flag. She grabs it with one hand. And then he kind of reaches out with his hand. Or she grabs his left hand. And then, okay, see, that's what's so awkward. It's like she went to kiss it. But then she kissed it with her cheek. Like she went like, okay, you know what? Maybe I'm just going to cheek your hand. Like, why did she do that? <laughs> and then and then it turned into the very awkward, like, this lady down here. She's like, what the hell was going on over there? <laughs> you know? And then, oh, ooh. And then there's, like, the awkward kiss. It's like they kiss each other's cheek, but it, it's not what they meant to do. And then... It just went for like a, or maybe that was a plan along. He's like, there's no way I'm leaving America without smooching a kiss from the speaker of the house, bro. You know what did it for them? You know what did it for him? It was that picture of her at the beach. Remember? <laughs> that's, that's probably what it is. Can we pull that up here? Let me see. Let me see if we can pull that up. Uh, Nancy Pelosi at the beach. Bro, he took one he looked at that and he's like, bro, there's no way, there's no way I'm leaving America without grabbing a kiss, bro, you know? Oh, man, that's, that's, that's great. No, but, um, so, yeah, that, that was just kind of like weird last night. Um, obviously, I, I understand the gesture of, you know, handing the Ukrainian flag. And I think that also when uh, President Zelensky met with uh, President Biden, gave him like a medal. Uh, that I believe, uh, you know, is a medal that is given to like uh, Ukrainian troops, you know, for honor, valorism, something of the sort. Um, but yeah, and so uh, and, and like I said, kind of like yesterday, you know, like I think he's here to to collect, you know, uh, obviously we have here, you know, the U.S. Senate passes one point six six trillion spending bill and is now sending it to the House. So this is. This is, and he did touch on this also at last night's speech. He was saying like, hey, you know, thanks for the money that you guys have given us. 
And, um, you know, we're, we're thankful for it. Don't see it as charity. We're obviously using this money for good. You know, this is his words, not mine. Um, it's an investment in global democracy, global security. And then he was like, you know, thank you for the money you've already given us. And then the money that you're set to vote on, meaning today. And so this is, you know, now routers. Uh, Washington, D.C., December 22nd, the U.S. Senate passed uh, a 1.66 trillion government spending bill, sending it to the House of Representatives to approve and send to President Joe Biden for a signature, averting a partial government shutdown. The legislation provides funding through September 30th, 2023 for the U.S. military and an array of non-military programs. Uh, the legislation provides Ukraine with $44.9 billion in wartime aid and bans the use of Chinese-owned social media app TikTok on, on government devices. So it looks like they were able to get that in there, the uh, banning of TikTok for, uh, federal on federal government devices. I don't know what that's going to mean for the future of TikTok. Uh, as far as, you know, just normal civilians being able to use it, but I guess at least at the federal level, at the government level, it's it's officially been banned, uh, which there's been a lot of debate or, you know, surrounding that hot topic. But, uh, of course, President Trump took to True Social saying that this was a very stupid. Um, actually, I'm going to read it for you guys. Let's see here. Oh, gosh, that picture. So he went on, and this is what he had to say. It says, so terrible that Republicans would let this happen. Vote no. And I think this was like right before the vote. And uh, he linked an article to Breitbart. And the Breitbart article uh, says, Omnibus bill gives the DOJ $212.1 million increase budget to prosecute January 6 prisoners. So it says the $1.7 trillion omnibus bill would, will provide a larger budget for the Justice Department to prosecute January 6 prisoners, a House Appropriations Committee summary revealed Tuesday. If the bill passes in the next few days, which uh, it has passed in the Senate and it's now headed to Congress, uh, the DOJ's budget to further, quote, further support prosecutions related to the January 6 attack on the Capitol and domestic terrorism cases, that's interesting, terrorism cases, will increase 212.1 million from current levels of the 2.63 billion annual budget. So that's an additional 212 million uh, to, I guess, investigate these domestic terrorists. On, I think, Karine Jean Pierre, just uh, press secretary for the White House, just called it, uh, you know, the worst day since the Civil War in America, which, man, there was so many other things that have happened since then that I feel that are. Truly horrible, uh, you know, 9-11 to say one of them, you know, the Japanese attacks on Pearl Harbor. I'd say that's right up there. But apparently this administration does not believe that there has been a darker time in the United States since the Civil War than January 6th. Amazing. It says the DOJ had previously asked Congress for only $34 million in its 2023 budget to fund 130 employees, 130 employees to investigate the 80 January 6 prisoners. Instead, the budget was expanded to 212 million. The cases are unprecedented in scale, and it is expected to be among the most complex investigations prosecuted by the Department of Justice, the DOJ previously told Congress, claiming the funding was necessary for the continued prosecutions of the growing number of cases related to this breach of the U.S. Capitol that has left the department with an immense task of finding and charging those responsible for the attacks. I mean, look, man, sure. You know what I mean? Like investigations and, and people. But where are the investigations on like the 2020 riots? You know, when are we going to get a fundings allocated that way? You know, the, uh, somebody put out like a really good demographic on, on what's happening with 
um, or the difference, the stark differences between the summer of love, the George Floyd riots, the amount of people that died, the amount of damage to property. And I mean, January 6th was just the compare. There is really no comparison, but it's just kind of interesting to me that, you know, with, with this omnibus, which again, sanctioned, funded unit party. Here we go. Right. And, 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 it's like Donald Trump said, this is this is horrible. What what are we doing here, folks? You know, this is this is like I said in yesterday's podcast, this is pork, pork, pork. We we don't even really know fully what's in the bill because no one's read the entirety of it. Somebody was making suggestions that like, hey, you know, the the Republican senators, what they should do is try to read the bill in its entirety to kind of stall the process, not have to vote on it. But you know what? I, I even saw somewhere where, you know, Republicans yesterday failed to kind of take a vote on it because there was no uh, amendment to the bill to to guarantee that Title 42 would not be rescinded. Title 42, of course, being a, pol- a Trump-era policy where due to the pandemic, you know, some people coming here legally to the U.S. border, Mexico border, uh, would have to be returned uh, to Mexico or country of origin, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, waiting status, they're like, hey, you know, due to the pandemic, we can't have just have you all here in holding cells, and there's no, so we're gonna have to return you. That was supposed to be done and over with yesterday, the twenty first, but I believe there's like a twenty four or forty eight hour kind of extension on it. I believe I read something on the Biden administration trying to extend Title forty two to at least after Christmas. Again, just kicking the can down the road, you know, not really putting out any real solutions to any of these problems and the continuing border crisis. All they want to do is just be able to say we did something, but really it's nothing. Um, So when I saw that yesterday, they weren't able to come to a conclusion on the vote. uh, There was like a tweet put out by, I believe, a Republican senator saying like, Republicans, please don't leave D.C. Please don't go back home. Please don't go vacation on your Christmas vacation until we can make sure that the the bill includes, uh, you know, keeping basically title 42 and to me what's really amazing and and i see this almost every cycle because as far back as i can remember i've always wanted to be a gangster no as far as back as i can remember even when i was in the military i remember the military sending us emails you know these generals admirals people you know high up in in dhs you know telling us like hey this is what it would mean if the government was to shut down we're not going to be able to pay you, but we still need you to come to work or et cetera, et cetera. There's ways, there's programs that we have to kind of, you know, fill in the gaps. If you really need money, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, et cetera, et cetera. But what, what is amazing to me is that it's a $1.7 trillion package, right? And it all gets reduced to a simple fight of we're not willing to pass this bill unless we can keep Title 42 in it. This is what we're fighting for. And it's kind of amazing how like everyone kind of jumps on that bandwagon. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, don't pass it unless we can secure, you know, uh, Title 42. And and so here you have this bill that hasn't been read. We don't know where all the money is going. Forty five billion is being sent over to 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 Ukraine. I was reading I was reading a. Uh, a, a quick little like chart of some of the of where that money is going 400 million dollars is going to like protect borders overseas in foreign nations 400 million to protect other nations borders but not our own that's insane and then there was some money being given over to dhs and border patrol but they specifically said it's only to reinforce your current efforts it's not for you to build 
additional measures or to take additional measures to secure the border. This is insane. And, and what it all gets, it, it, we're not no longer fighting to not send money overseas. We're no longer fighting to protect our borders. It, it all gets boiled down to let's make sure we don't pass this bill. Not after we've read it. Not after we've gutted all the pork. It's until we can make sure that Title 42 remains. That's what it all boils down to. And, and every single year, it's always something. Oh, 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 uh, make sure that it doesn't get passed unless we get money for Border Patrol. And then the year before that, oh, uh, make sure it doesn't get passed unless we get, you know, uh, something in there saying that they won't grant amnesty. You know, it, it's, it always gets boiled down to this one little minute detail. Now, granted, Title 42 remaining in place would actually help overwhelmingly, but it, it, I, it, it's just insane to me to think that all of this gets boiled down to just one thing. That is what Republican senators are concerned about and worried about. Not that it hasn't been read in its entirety. Not that they know where most of the money is going to. Not that money is being sent to protect foreign nations' borders. No, no, no. We're not signing this, and, and they need to kind of like project as if they're fighting this. Like, oh, we're not, we're not signing this deal. We're, we're giving them hell. We're being fiscally conservative. But really all, all it boils down to is the Title 42 Amendment. And then they'll get it and be like, we won. No, nobody won. The American people continue to get suckered out of our tax money. Nothing is happening to help make America great again. Nothing is happening to really put pressure on, on border uh, states and, and, and efforts to be able to combat record border crisis. Nah, it, it's insane to me. And people continue to fall for it over and over. Every single year we go through this charades. We go through this. Oh, you know, the government's going to close down. It's going to close down this time for real. This time, this time we mean it. And it all gets boiled down to, well, you know what? We don't know what's in it. We don't know where the money's really going. But so long as we're able to get this one thing that we really want, we'll go ahead and go through with it. And then they'll call it a win. Unbelievable. With that, we'll go over to this very next segment. And this is a lot of you have been asking for this one, the Carrie Lake uh, election lawsuit. You know, it's uh, currently going underway. I believe it's actually live right now, if I'm not mistaken. I was uh, just in Phoenix, Arizona. I actually got to see Carrie Lake at um well i won't disclose too much but it was at an event and uh she was there and there was a lot of people you know like hey we're fighting for you there was people you know saying like hey we're gonna pray for you but uh this is abc news carrie lake election lawsuit will go to trial after judge dismisses most claims and it says republican carrie lake's election lawsuit will go to trial this week after an arizona judge dismissed most but not all counts she put forward contesting her loss in the government in the governor's race to Democrat Katie Hobbs. Maricopa County Superior George Cut oh my goodness. Maric that's that's a mouthful. Maricopa County Superior Court Judge Peter Thompson dismissed eight out of ten claims late Monday, but allowed two counts to proceed pertaining to alleged intentional misconduct affecting ballot printers and ballot chain of custody on election day. The two-day trial will begin Wednesday at 11 a.m. That was yesterday, uh, and that was Eastern time, and it appears to be concluding today. A fired-up lake reacted Tuesday at the Turning Point USA America Fest uh, event in Phoenix to what she seen, what she deemed a 
quote, huge win for her legal team and appeared giddy when talking about how Hobbs and other election officials would have to take this witness stand. Christmas came early yesterday. Woo! Quote, uh, Lake said to applause, we got great news. We're taking this BS to trial. She, quote, she can't duck out from taking the stand in our trial. She will have to take the stand. Katie Hobbs is going to have to put her hand on the Bible and swear to tell the truth, she added. Which, by the way, if, not, if I'm not mistaken, I don't I don't have this necessarily uh, here, but it looks like Katie Hobbs was actually not uh, needed to, or, or something happened where actually Katie Hobbs is no longer needed at the thing. I don't know if it was like a subpoena issue or, hey, we actually don't need her. So um, I don't think that statement is completely true katie hobbs to the best of my knowledge has not appeared before the court yet um but this is uh now going over to colin rugg uh at colin rugg on twitter says carrie lake trials reveals 42.5 percent of randomly examined ballots were improper now look guys i'm I'm, you know before we even start with this i'm just going to be straightforward with you guys you guys know how i feel about election integrity and all stuff I, i i do believe that we need voter integrity election integrity I do believe that the more the people trust the voting process, the better it is for democracy, for the constitutional republic, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, People need to feel safe. Like, hey, when I go vote, I want to make sure it counts and that it's going to the right person and that it is being verified that I am who I am. Because what if someone steals my ballot or what if someone's voting on my behalf or what if people are being dishonest? So I'm all for this. And, you know, some people wanted me to cover this earlier. I kind of wanted to wait till we got some findings on what is actually being discovered in the trial for me to report to you guys. And the reason I I kind of took that approach is because I went through the whole 2020. I went and covered all the Stop the Steal rallies. I heard a lot of the evidence. And in the end, unfortunately, not much happened. And I mean not much happened legally, not much happened in the sense that much changed. Um, there was a lot of accusations. There was a lot of evidence presented. Uh, but at the end of the day, a lot of Trump appointed uh, uh, judges, by the way, kind of di- either dismissed or said, OK, we just don't have enough evidence here to either move forward, etc. Now, I won't say I'm extremely well versed. A lot of you probably tuned in right now are probably rolling your eyes or saying, Anthony, 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 haven't you heard this podcast or haven't you seen that video? I'm going to be transparent with you guys. I don't follow it 100%, so I could be wrong. There's absolutely a chance I am I, not quite informed as of right now uh, when it comes to being up to date with all of this, but I did listen to like the Mike Lindell symposium that he had for three days. I, I got to obviously sit in on a lot of the Rudy Giuliani uh, going to court and contesting this. But let's let's get into this article and see what they kind of are, are talking about here. So this is Trending Politics. It says, Breaking Kerry Lake trial reveals 42.5% of randomly examined ballots were improper. According to Republican Governor Candidate Kerry Lake's legal team, uh, that percentage of examined ballots in Maricopa County for the 22... It's always Maricopa County. Always. For the 2022 governor's race were illegitimate. Lake's trial began on Wednesday, where she is attempting to prove that wide-scale fraud took a place in Maricopa County on Election Day. The Lake War Room tweeted on Wednesday that 48 of the 113 ballots that were reviewed during examination were 19-inch ballots produced on a 20-inch paper. Quote, this one-inch discrepancy caused chaos on Election Day, causing the mass rejection of these votes as they were attempting to be read through the tabulators, Carrie Lake War Room tweeted. And so basically, if, if I have this completely correct, 
it, it, you have a 19-inch ballot that was produced on a 20-inch paper. So when the machine tries to read it, it notices that there's a one-inch discrepancy, and so therefore it is disregarded. Now, the sample size, of course, is small. It's only 113 ballots, but it says that 48 of the 113 reviewed during the examination um, had that discrepancy. So could it be larger? Could it be smaller if you looked at a larger uh, uh, sample size? And, and again, it doesn't matter what I believe, kind of going back to a little bit of like what I believe or the 2020 election, it doesn't matter what I personally believe. It, it really doesn't. The only thing that matters is the truth. And this is what I'm hoping this two-day trial exposes. It exposes the truth. What really happened in Maricopa County? Why is it that Arizona was one of the last states to report? Why is it that almost every election cycle, it seems like Maricopa County is there is chaotic during this time? Let's find out. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter how you politically align. This isn't about Democrat versus Republican. This is just about the truth. Whether you are hard, hard left or hard, hard right, doesn't matter or anywhere in between. You should want voter integrity. You should want election integrity. You should want to know the truth. What really happened? What are the problems and how can we fix them? So the article goes on to say in a separate tweet, the Lake War Room uh, wrote, quote, this is how they disenfranchised Maricopa County voters on Election Day. The ballots were designed to be unable to re be read to the machines. This wasn't an error. It was malice. The process worked exactly as they intended it to. One commenter on Twitter noted that there was no way the improper ballot size could have been because of an error. Quote, the expert testified there are only two ways for the 19-inch image to have uh, been projected. This is really poor written. Uh, I don't know, trending news, politic news. I apologize. To whoever the writer is should have taken just an extra second or the editor to just really proofread this. But anyways, quote, the expert testified there are only two ways for the 19-inch image to have been projected on the onto the 20 inch ballot which would cause tabulator errors both methods require an administrator to change this could not have happened by chance or error it was fraud and i actually have or do i have it i thought i had the video um of the guy oh yeah here it is so it says, uh, this was four hours ago. Watch. I think we have to be clear that your wait time estimate is not the estimate. Uh, actually, let me see. This is this might not be the correct. Let me see. It's that same guy, but I just wanted to see or have you guys. Give back a strategy that affected this chunk of voters. That's not the one either. Okay. I think this is. Whether or not a voter lives in Maricopa who can vote anywhere in the county. Okay, let's see if this is the one. If not, I mean, I kind of just read off what it was talking about. But this is, again, the expert testimony. I just want to make sure I'm understanding. So you're saying whether or not a voter who lives in Maricopa, who can vote anywhere in the county, went to the neighboring, a neighboring county and voted? Is that what you mean? It's just a hypothetical. So that voter, had they suppose, done that? I suppose it's possible. But we're talking about such a large numbers uh it shows that there was something systemic going on. There, it, mm. We're not uh, talking about a, a whole thir a third of those who reported on election day that they had some complication. That's not going to be um, a culmination of a ton of different issues. It's very unlikely, highly unlikely. It means it indicates there was something systemic going on. Something sure systemic was going on. And, and, and this is just one of the videos by this. Uh, a person that was uh, that's there at the trial. Uh, uh, the other video, again, it kind of goes back into what it was saying here. 
um, where it says the expert testified there are only two ways. It says both might require an administrator, to, an administrator to change. This could not have been happened by chance or error. It was fraud. So obviously the trial is ongoing today. And this is what I've always said. And I continue to stand by it today. It's not just because I'm a conservative. It's not because, ha, you're just a loser and your side lost and you guys were expecting to win big and this is not nothing to do with that. I know how to lose. I, I, I know when, hey, you know what? And I agree with a lot of, of the statistics and Generation Z. There's a lot of problems that went wrong going into the midterms. There's The messaging was off. There was a lot of bad candidates. Dr. Oz was a bad candidate. And, and you know, it's one thing for me. Here I am in California. I can say Dr. Oz was a bad candidate. But for me to hear from actual Pennsylvanians tell me, and Republicans there tell me, Dr. Oz was he was not a likable candidate. Nobody really cared for the guy. He came off as an elitist. He The messaging was off. And hey, I get it. Fetterman? Hey, I, I get it. But I can also admit when we do wrong, where we go wrong, and hey, let, let's be honest. And, and, I, and, and at the end of the day, I, I tell this to Republicans all the time. Look, man, the Republican Party today it's basically like 2008 Democrats. Culturally, we continue to move left. I proved that yesterday with Donald Trump hosting LGBT Republicans at his Mar-a-Lago celebrating the same-sex marriage act. Uh, there's been no bigger champion of Israel. There's been no bigger champion to the LGBT community than Donald Trump. And then, sure, he says that also of like the black community. He also says that of the um, uh, Hispanics. You know, no, nobody loves Hispanics more than I do. I serve the best tacos in the taco bowl, you know, at Trump Tower, et cetera. Um, but if, if you really had to be honest with yourself and you look at the Republican policies, it, are you truly happy with the Republican Party today? Are you truly happy that today Republican senators uh, passed the omnibus bill, which gives $45 billion are, are you really to Ukraine? Are you really happy with Mitch McConnell saying that there is nothing more important that the number one priority for Republicans that he represents for the party is aiding Ukraine. Are you truly like look down deep inside? Right. I, I always have this argument with people that say, you know, demographics is destiny. And if we just import, you know, uh, unskilled labor or, or skilled low wage labor, uh, if we continue to import these you know, migrants, they're going to continue to vote Democrat. But can you really say as a Republican voter that you are truly happy with the Republican Party? Do you like the direction we're headed? Do you do you like where what we've done so far? Do you do you like um, uh, some of the candidates that have been ran? Now, granted, I'm not looking for perfect and I don't think we'll ever have perfect. But can you truly sit there and say, you know what? The Republican Party is everything that's right with America. In many ways, a lot of you are just as angry with Republicans as you are with Democrats. If you really sit there and are honest with yourself, right? It's it's called the uniparty for a reason. There's a reason why today the Republican senators passed this pork bill and, and sending $45 billion to Ukraine. And you have the Senate majority leader or Senate leader for Republicans, Mitch McConnell, saying that there's nothing more important than doing that. There's there's a reason why House majority leader, uh, you know, um, Kevin McCarthy is wearing a Ukraine pin and, and a Ukraine flag and, and supporting money, billions and billions of American taxpayer money being sent, right? 
if you're honest with yourself, you're just not that happy with the Republican Party. So it's it's not really fair to say, you know, um, oh, you know, uh, uh, they, they should be voting Republican. Give them something to vote for. Give them real policies. Give them a real message that people can cling on to. You know, Blake Masters, a populist. Uh, this guy was talking about how we need to return America to a single family income where you have one parent making enough income so that the other parent can stay at home and raise the children. Because this is what people want. If, if, if people adapted more populism, if the Republican Party adapted more populism, which, hey, Steve Bannon is always talking about this, the more populist. He just talked about that at America Fest at the Turning Point event in Phoenix. He, this is what exactly what he was talking about. This is what Harmeet Dillon is talking about. I went over this yesterday saying these are the things that really matter. And unfortunately, it's the old guard. It's these old dinosaurs. Tucker Carlson kind of made a joke saying, like, here, here, here's the Republican leadership in their orthopedic shoes standing next to, you know, President Zelensky as we send billions of American dollars over to him. And I, and I think there wasn't so much a slight as their actual age. It's just, hey, if they're wearing orthopedic shoes, that's how long these guys have been in Republican leadership. And they just don't they can't connect. They don't resonate with the new GOP and the new GOP is not. These small demographic people coming in and barking orders that the party must change culturally. It's this new populism. It's this new America first. It's a lot more nationalist. It's a lot more Christian. These are the people that are being attracted to where they want the GOP to go. And it's definitely not that. Uh, that is the Mitch McConnell's and the Lindsey Graham's of the world. But with that, we're going to move on to this uh, final segment here. Tucker Carlson, here's what a source said about the CIA and JFK's assassination. I've seen a lot of tweets about this story. Obviously, I kind of I watched the video or I, I not kind of I did watch the video, the segment on JFK. And this is going to be one of those things where YouTube, for the sake of, you know, my stance, these are all allegations. There's obviously no definitive proof that I am aware of. I'm not saying that this is what happened. I'm just reading the news here. Tucker Carlson, here's what a source said about the CIA and JFK's uh, uh, assassination. Not long after Jack Ruby shot Lee Harvey Oswald on camera in the basement of Dallas police headquarters, a lot of Americans started to have some questions about the Kennedy assassination. It was, you'd have to admit, a pretty extraordinary sequence of events. A lone gunman murders the President of the United States, and then less than 48 hours later, that lone gunman is himself murdered by another lone gunman. What are the odds of that? It's one thing if you get struck by lightning, rare, but possible. But if every member of your family also gets struck by lightning all on different days, you might begin to suspect these are not entirely natural events. But oh, replied the U.S. government, they are. The bizarre chain of killings was all entirely natural. So less than a year after, after the JFK assassination, the Johnson White House released something called the Warren Commission Report. And the report concluded that while their motives remained unclear, both Lee Oswald and Jack Ruby had acted alone. No one helped them. There was no conspiracy of any kind. Case closed. Time to move on. And Mary, many Americans did move on. And so it kind of goes into a little bit of, uh, you know, the conspiracy theories and all that stuff. And then it says now today, of course, the term conspiracy theory appears in pretty much every New York Times story about American politics. It's wielded now as then as a weapon against anyone who has questions the government doesn't feel like answering, which is true. But despite 60 years of name calling, those questions have not disappeared. In fact, they have multiplied with time. And here's one of them. In April of 1964, a psychiatrist called Louis, Louis, Louis Joylon West visited Jack Ruby in his isolation cell in a Dallas jail. According to West's written assessment, he found that Jack Ruby was technically insane. 
and in need of immediate psychiatric hospitalization. Those are conclusions that puzzlingly no one had spoken to Jack Ruby previously had reached. Ruby had seemed perfectly sane to the people who knew him. Louis Joyleon West pronounced them crazy. But what West did, uh, and saw this guy in the world, and I just so long forgotten, has represented panel uh, the pirate question. I think this is like his entire uh, conclusion, but it says, the very last of it basically says, Americans have trusted the government less with every passing year since the killing of John F. Kennedy. I also agree with this. Maybe this is why, and people have known this for a long time. The people who knew, uh, would include every director of the CIA since November of 1963, and that list would include Obama's CIA director, John Brennan, one of the most sinister and dishonest figures in American life. That list would also include, we are sad to say, our friend Mike Pompeo, who ran the CIA in the last administration. Mike Pompeo knew this. We asked Pompeo to join us tonight, and though he rarely turns down the televised interview, he refused to come. We hope he will reconsider. I'm actually trying to find the exact that would be thousands of pages. What it says we oh okay so this is actually what the person told Tucker Carlson or at least Fox News for context. We spoke to someone who had access to these still hidden CIA documents. A person who was deeply familiar with what they contained. We asked this person directly: Did the CIA have a hand in the murder of John F. Kennedy, an American president? And here's the reply we received verbatim: "Quote." The answer is yes. I believe they were involved. It's a whole different country from what we thought it was. It's all fake. It's hard to imagine a more jarring response than that. Again, this is not a conspiracy theorist that we spoke to. Not even close. This is someone with direct knowledge of the information that once again is being withheld from the American public. And the answer we received was unequivocal. Yes, the CIA was involved in the assassination of the president. Now, some people will not be surprised to hear that they suspected it all along. But no matter how you feel about it or what you thought about the Kennedy assassination, pause to consider what this means. The one thing I will say is that in the direct quote, it says, I believe they were involved. Now, usually as someone of this position that has access to this kind of information, the reason why you would say, yes, I believe, obviously you want to safeguard yourself. You want to say, this is my opinion. This is what I have concluded based off of what I've seen. I am not saying that this is what did happen. I am saying this is what I believe. So it's important to note that. And obviously the only way you can kind of come to a point of logical conclusion or fact is if you do an investigation or the U.S. government or the U.S. court or whoever does a full throw investigation and conclusively decides, yes, this is what happened. This is obviously one person talking to, uh, again, Fox News or Tucker Carlson and saying, this is what I believe. But I do believe, and again, this is this is where I come in with my commentary here. I mean, look, I, I think it's more clear than ever that the FBI can't be, the three-letter federal agencies just can't be trusted. FBI, DOJ, they've clearly got an agenda. And again, I personally have one person to thank for that, Donald J. Trump, because this guy exposed a lot of them. In their hatred against Trump, they are self-exposing. There's the text messages in the FBI saying, we will not let Donald Trump win. You have the FBI going rogue, making up, steel dossiers to investigate a sitting U.S. president. It is now being concluded on via the Twitter files that the FBI, the DOJ, all these entities 
are working with big tech to not just censor American journalists, also American citizens, but that they are gaslighting us. They are fabricating, in the latest Twitter files, they are fabricating fake sources, fake profiles, using fake images, AI-generated images, to propagate to the U.S. citizens, this is and, and this is nothing new. If you're if you've ever followed people like Julian Assange or Edward Snowden, they've been blowing the whistle. And I'm sure even people before then, but I'm just talking about just even modern whistleblowers. These people have been blowing the whistle on what the U.S. government has been doing, not just abroad, but to their own people here. Is it really that hard to believe this story? Now. I pose that as a question. I'm not saying that I believe one way or the other. I'm just saying, hey, according to what we are reading here and according to this person that has more access than even I do, that has read into the situation more than I do, um, it, it, it seems that way. And again, you, it, you know, it, it, it says here, no matter how you feel about it or what you thought about this Canadian session, pause to consider what this means. It means that within the U.S. government, there are forces wholly beyond democratic control. These forces are more powerful than the elected officials that supposedly oversee them. These forces can affect election outcomes. They can even hide their complicity in the murder of an American president. In other words, they can do pretty much anything they want. They constitute a government within a government mocking by their very existence the idea of democracy. As cynical as we have become after... Uh, 30 years of watching government officials ignore the voters who employ them. We were shocked to learn this. It's not accessible, uh, acceptable, which, again, I wholeheartedly agree with this. One response that I wasn't really. I, I was kind of dumbfounded and kind of watching this response is uh, this guy follows me. I follow him. His name is Austin Peterson. And uh, is, is at is uh, at AP for Liberty, the number four in Liberty. He's a libertarian, if I'm not mistaken. He was a presidential candidate at one point for the Libert representing the Libertarian Party. Um, I'm not even gonna go into the Libertarian Party right now, or my personal opinions on that, or whatever. This is not necessarily about that. But I was kind of shocked to see that uh, as the three-letter agencies are kind of running damage control, and the FBI has put out a statement on the Twitter files. Uh, the Twitter fire stating that the FBI, DOJ, all these agencies were working and colluding with Democrats and, and big tech to kind of censor either journalists or American citizens or even just conservatives at large. Uh, and now they put out a statement, you know, basically saying, uh, uh, this, well, I actually think I have it pulled up here. Yeah, it says um, the FBI statement on Twitter. It is, quote, it is unfortunate that conspiracy theorists and other are feeding the American public misinformation with the sole purpose of attempting to discredit the agency. Oh, come off. You, you have personally done enough to discredit yourself. Let's, let's stop with that word. I, I read somewhere that, that uh, after the JFK assassination and people questioning what really happened that day and how there could have been government agencies involved with that day, uh, that they themselves created that word in order to kind of thwart Americans. It's kind of like whenever you state a fact and people kind of want to call you racist or phobic or whatever it is, and you're like, no, that's just that's just true. It's not that I'm a racist or it's not that I'm a sexist or it's not that I'm a phobic, whatever. Those are just the facts, right? So so it, this is kind of like along the same lines that the government kind of created this word conspiracy theorist to kind of, set people to like the fringe of society, like, oh, those are the people you want to stay away from.
But again, this is what Austin Peterson had to say. And again, I, you know, this is just all within context. It says the KGB fabricated evidence that the CIA was involved in the JFK assassination. I mean, imagine typing that and hitting send or tweet, you know. It's been endlessly parroted by American communists, and now U.S. conservatives have taken the bait. Well done, I guess. I think someone should check in on the devil because I believe hell has frozen over. Here you have a once presidential candidate hopeful for the Libertarian Party saying that anyone believing that the CIA is evil and was in any way, shape, or form involved with the JFK assassination is somehow KGB fabricated evidence. That is insane. The one thing I do know about the Libertarians is they hate the government, both at the state level and at the federal level. Yet here you have this guy, and he's getting a lot of, lot of, uh, retaliation for it there's a lot of libertarians pretty angry at what he had to say uh but he went on to say you know i got invited i believe this was today about two hours ago i got invited on infowars for a debate to explain to everyone how and why oswald acted alone in killing jfk and why everyone who disagrees is a fed should be fun details soon so uh <laughs> someone replied oh so you're the fed and then he replied no you um, but this is kind of an interesting take here, man. I, I really can't believe that a libertarian of all people is siding with the CIA and the FBI and saying anyone that truly believes that this was somehow, uh, you know, a collaboration of the U.S. government at attempting to assassinate or, or, or you know, deal with some of the politics abroad. I mean, come on. I, I think that I've met people that have never been politically involved or debated or, or really kind of encompassed in the political realm of things. And even those people believe in conspiracies like, yeah, the U.S. government probably helped in the assassination of JFK or, or to some capacity is involved, whether they knew ahead of time or, you know, this is kind of like something that we see a lot in like mass shootings where the FBI or you know, the three later agencies will say something to the to the respect of, you know, oh, go ahead, say the line. It's like, oh, the, we actually had this person in our radar or this person was in our radar. Uh, we, we had seen the social media posts. We were aware that this person was disturbed. We might have even investigated a bit and see that, you know, this person was making threats online or he was posting things like, you know, in regards to creating or, or going out and do, committing mass uh, violence, you know, and, and we kept an eye on him, but unfortunately we didn't catch him in time. So there's like that little like meme of like part Simpson, you know, in that in the episode where they're like, come on, say the line. And then, you know, he says the line like, oh, he was in our radar. And everyone's like, yeah, you know, he said, he said the thing, you know, but it's like, come on. You know what I mean? Like really Austin Peterson, bro. I, I, I expected, um, a, a little bit, uh, more from you. I mean, from the libertarian, you know, eh. I can't believe this guy's trusting or siding with the CIA, man. I, again, somebody check in on Satan because hell has definitely frozen over. Uh, but with that, guys, I'm going to leave it here. You know, happy Thursday to everyone. We'll be back for one last one tomorrow. If you like what we are doing, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe, make sure you hit that share button. Um, if you are tuned in, you know, or anywhere really that you're watching, 
uh, either YouTube or Apple or shop, not in a Shopify, Spotify or anywhere else. Uh, there's a link down below for as little as $5. You can help out what we're doing. Uh, all of this is fun, self-funded. You, you, the people, uh, keep us going. We're going to come back with better content. We're going to come back even harder next year. We got so much great things in store for you guys. So, again, if you like what we're doing, great way to contribute for as little as $5. We also got merch up in the merch store. We got the Trust God line coming out. We just added uh, yesterday. We just added the children's line. So, if you want to grab a little hoodie or a little crew neck for your for your son or daughter, um, I'm sure they'll love it. Keep them warm uh, during the holiday seasons. Um, or during the winter um, and the cold season rather um, uh, but yeah you know thank you guys so much for tuning in i'll see you guys tomorrow friday god willing and i'll see you guys then adios